Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. With me, as always, is my faithful, loyal co-host, Keith. Hello! And uh, coming to us for the first time today as our guest, uh, the wickedly talented Heather McGrath. Uh, Welcome. Hey guys, thank you for having me. I'm so honored. We're so excited to have you on, Heather. We want you to come on the podcast for a while, but you know, we know you're a busy bee, so thank you for making it's time. Yes, there. thank you. Today. So uh, today... We are talking about the uh, Halloween classic from 1993, Hocus Pocus, um, starring Bette Midler. Um, this movie falls into the category of having a negative critical score on Rotten Tomatoes, 37% approval rating from critics, and a positive score from audiences, 71%. Uh, this movie's consensus is harmlessly hokey, yet never much more than mediocre. Hocus Pocus is a muddled, family-friendly effort that fails to live up to the talents of its impressive cast. So, that's harsh. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, quite a bit harsh on this movie that definitely has a much uh, higher audience support. So, uh, I think some of us grew up with this movie, Hocus Pocus, or we, some of us have maybe seen it a bunch yes. of times. You know, especially around October, Halloween. So uh, what was your what were your initial thoughts when you found out the critics were uh, not too crazy about Hocus Pocus? Heather, what, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, that is just so harsh. I mean, the talent, there's singing, there's dancing, there's virginity jokes. I mean, what more do you want out of a movie, critics? Really, if though. If you want virginity jokes, this is your movie. I think it's one of the only PG films to poke so much fun at a teenage virgin. I mean, you could not get away with that nowadays. But This truly, movie's incredibly horny. It's so horny. I mean, if that doesn't get the critics to love it enough, I don't know what will. A hot Sarah Jessica Parker as a witch? I mean, I, I just don't know what they want. Again, there's musical acts. There's magic. There's a cat. A zombie. Yeah, this is like everything you kind of want out of a Halloween movie, right? I mean, it's got all your like classic sort of like Halloween figures, you know, your black cat, your zombie, and of course your witches. And, you know, for me, I was thinking about how there aren't really a lot of family-friendly Halloween movies out there, right? I mean, like, like Freeform, like former ABC Family, like plays this movie on loop uh, in October. Because, like, there aren't a lot of other movies that really plays to, like, a family demographic that's like scary you know everything else you normally watch or on halloween are legit horror movies that aren't really for kids so yeah this kind of is like the christmas movie of halloween movies really um so i think that's kind of where why like it's such a popular you know movie for families because it's kind of the only one for everyone to watch during this time of year yeah there was Keith? no need to make others after they made yeah, this yeah, one that's, that's it this that's is the it. only one we need <laughs> for sure this movie's weird. <laughs> like, it, yes, it is. I had to. I wanted to give it an honest uh, review when I watched it the other day. I and with that, I had to take two steps back. One, uh, this movie is not nostalgic for me. I kind of missed the boat. I, uh, I do. I, Bette Midler's the imagery of it definitely sticks out, but I don't remember watching it all the time growing up. I think the first time I can honestly say I watched it was a friend played it at a party in the background. So I got got pits and pieces here. So I never caught the, the, the nostalgia train for it. And the other step was I am, this movie's definitely not made for a 30-year-old guy. Like, I, I, I wanted to give it its honest due. It's... While it's not perfect, there's actually things to enjoy about it. Yeah, I think it is, like, on the whole, like, an enjoyable movie. It's kind of like a fun ride. Um, and, you know, maybe, like, yeah, you know, if you don't really have kids, you're not really, like, if you didn't grow up with it and you don't really have kids or anything, if you're just, like, a single adult, you know, person, then maybe this isn't the movie for exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. Perhaps. Um, yeah, because it is hokey. It's a very, like, Oh, it's campy at times, you know. It's it's a very silly movie, and 
you know, the, the, a lot of the actors are hamming up. It's the lot, early nineties. Right? Like of- it has every stereotype, uh, every cliche going for it of an early nineties movie. There's a main character named Max. <laughs> like yeah, Max, Max, the, the angsty kid who's like, God, mom and dad, you're ruining my life. And he's like bratty younger sister, you know, but I have to say like the witches are definitely more interesting oh, yeah. than the kid characters. Right. I mean, like that, that they're built, first of all, like Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy and um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker are your like top build actors is not common for like the bad guys to be your stars really and they're totally fun to watch in fact i was kind of rooting for them at times and i kind of wish maybe they did like a show of just like the sanderson sisters living in like modern times and trying to like figure things out like i, I thought that was some of the funniest moments of the movie it's like ooh, was this a road like a bus like what is all this stuff going on here like that i i enjoyed that the most uh, in the movie. I would never doubt Disney. They probably have that in the pipeline or they've probably written up the script and they're just waiting to get the cast to sign on and, and actually do a sequel. Um, they do, actually. I, I would watch it. See? They I knew do. it. You can't... They do. I think it's probably going to be Disney Plus, but uh, they. I did read during, uh, during my research for this movie, they are making a Hocus Pocus 2. And I hope it solely focuses on the witches. Anytime what? it went to the kids... I could totally see why this is where the critics got turned off. This is where it this is where it probably became rotten for a lot of critics. Uh, the flaws in that is kind of I'm able to laugh at it. It's like why I like showgirls. It's that hokey. Even like the non-witches part, like the teenagers, it goes it, the like the mood whiplash, the 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 virgin jokes. It it's kind of so surreal it made it fun. I think you could. I turned a negative into a positive with that, but yeah, the witches are okay. They steal the show, right? Because like some of the kid stuff again, it's like very cliched, um, and like I don't even know if I really like these kid characters that much anyway. Like the daughter, the uh, the daughter, the younger sister, Danny, you know, she's like this really. I think she's kind of an annoying character. Like in the very first scene. She does this like really like insane shrill when like Max is like I'm not taking you trick or treating. She just goes like, nah! like she does a demonic scream. I'm like Jesus Christ! She's like the epitome the kid? of teen of child energy of like little girl energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I really like that with <laughs> this kid. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have minded if the witches like sucked her soul or whatever it is they have to do to stay young forever. The bullies were the weirdest bullies I've ever seen in any. Like, I for, for the occasion, I got ice. I I I turned my hair into ice. It says ice in the <laughs> you back. Shaved I say ice I shaved. In the back of your head. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I thought it was funny that they're making fun of Max for being from California when that blonde haired kid is way more Californian <laughs> looking than Max is. He's got like long blonde surfer hair, and he's talking like, "Yeah, dude, whatever, California." He is way like, too tan you... for a teenager in Boston at Halloween. Okay, he <laughs> definitely looked like he was from California. Yeah, it's like, are you from LA too? And you're in denial. Like, what's going on here? They probably meant to uh, reverse yeah. those roles, um, but probably the blonde one wasn't like a good enough actor. But that would have made more sense mm. if then Max was the Boston bully and blonde haired boy was the California transplant. Yeah, Max does look like he's originally from like the Northeast New England. Uh, I mean, this actor, Omri Katz, I, do we know him from anything else besides Hocus Pocus? No. Okay. Don't no, not really. Know? I want to say like a, a Saturday or like a Saturday morning, like live action cart, like not cartoon, but uh, one of the shows, uh, but not. I Yeah, yeah like, he kind of stopped. Kid? The only like besides like the the main witches, the only like kid like the only kid actor I recognized was the the love interest. Um, what was that actress's name? Um, the one like uh, <laughs> with the yabos. Uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, what's the, I don't even remember the character's name, but like she looked familiar. Um, Her name's sis- Allison in the movie, but yeah, the little sister what? has a career. The little the little, the little sister, uh, yeah. American Beauty, oh, she in? Ghost mm-hmm. World, Thor oh, Birch. Oh, right, right. Well, like. I like when she she got older and then so like I didn't really recognize her from other things you know what I mean like some actors I guess it's hard to tell like once they get older it's harder to associate their adult career from their childhood career Leonardo DiCaprio actually was offered the role of Max and he 
turn that down to do What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So this would have been a very different movie with Leo at the... Big mistake, right. Leo. You really messed up there. <laughs> what were you thinking? God, Leo. Um, that's funny <laughs> that they had him in mind for this. But I really just cannot picture him in this, though. I, I don't know. There's something about it. He had but that the, haircut. I mean, like the, he had that haircut. They all, all those boys had that like everyone Backstreet everyone had that Boy, like I don't even know how to describe it. See if it was like the, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, it could yeah. have also been very different because he was in like what Homeward Bound, I think. No, what was he in? He was in something, or he was very handsome. He was in but a then lot. He was in like Home he Improvement. Was... Right, right. I think also there. Well, there's this weird thing in like in our group of friends. It's like Jonathan Taylor Thomas references with our group of friends. <laughs> They're always like JTT. <laughs> like okay, uh, so I'm not surprised that uh, that would be a suggestion from you, Heather. I mean, <laughs> everyone. He's a handsome young man, and at a very precious time in a young woman's life, he was there with that bowl cut, and he was the voice of Simba. What more could you want? That's true. He was uh, maybe the first love interest for a lot of young girls in the early 90s. Is he doing anything now? Maybe we can get him for the sequel. He has a whole thing of why he turned away from Hollywood. It's like a whole manifesto. Like he he like turned his back on on it all. We should like like protest in front of his house. Bring back JTT. Who says I don't? (laughs) So, (laughs) but he's not in this movie. Final time. Yes. What hast thou done with my son, Thackeray? Thackeray. Mm. Answer me! Well, I don't know. Cat's got my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, maybe the kid cast isn't, like, not as impressive. But, you know, I mean, the... I think the witches, like all three of those actresses, I can see agreeing to come back for this. Bette Miller even said this was like the most fun she ever had in her career, which you can tell like they're having a fun time. I mean, they're so over the top, but it's like the kind of movie that calls for it. Um, you know, Kathy and the Jimmy, I, I really like her um, I, anytime I see her or anything. I feel like she probably gets the least amount of screen time or the least amount of jokes at the three witches. Yeah, Sarah uh, Jessica I mean, Parker give... really surprised me on her. At, at times, she was the funniest one. Yeah, no, I thought so. It's like the ditzy dumb one, you know. And I mean, talk about like this movie having sexual, oh my god, uh, you know, undertones to it. I mean, she is like seducing those kids as she's flying through the sky. She I mean, truly rides that that witch stick. She really rides that broomstick. I mean, she's it having is the time of her life. Having the time of her life. The costume department, she's like living it. The costume department was like when she like when she's singing that song or doing the spell on the broomstick. I'm like. Yeah, no wonder why people. No wonder why young boys like this movie growing up. Like it's it's so like oh in your face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know the girls will like maybe uh, the more girl characters in the movie, but the boys they will also like the girl characters. <laughs> nothing like some witch tits. <laughs> it's that yeah. gravity. I was thinking about it. It's the angle because she's like art in the sky yeah. with the corset, so you have a lot of gravity helping you. Um, yeah. It kind of reminded me if you ever go to like, you know, the Renaissance Fair and you have all those like very busty ladies wearing corsets. It's kind of like the same idea uh, with her costume. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like they all have their power, right? Like, uh, Kathy and Jimmy could smell children. I mean, that was kind of creepy too. Yeah, like the whole movie, like I smell children. <laughs> like, ugh, okay. Her nose uh, leads her pretty well a few times. She actually goes, so the bullies steal Max's shoes. And at one point they encounter the bullies and she smells the shoes. So like her power is good. But at the same time, when the children were trick or treating around them, for some reason, her scent was thrown off because they were in costumes. So not the strongest writing throughout the whole film about her her (laughs) child scent uh, skills. No, I wouldn't say this movie's strength is this writing. I mean, like one thing. One thing about this movie, though, is that it does tend to, like, seem like it doesn't know where it's going sometimes because it's a very loose premise, right? Basically, like, they bring back these witches, they steal the witch's book. And so most of the movie, the witches are just trying to find their book and get these kids to get their book back. So, like, it's just a, a, a several sequences of, like, the kids are going here, so the witch follows them. They lose the witch, and then now the witches are lost, and that happens, like, maybe three times. So, like... 
there's a lot of filler in this movie, basically. Like, the whole thing of them going to, like, you know, the devil's house, like, guy in the devil costume. I mean, like, that, I don't know if that really played, worked for me. Actually, I could watch, if th- this movie's basically the Three Stooges as witches, and I sure. I didn't know this, or no, I'm watching this movie going, is that, uh, like, Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall? And then it turned out, like, they played the married couple. Yep. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so. Did Bette Midler just call? Like, like was Gary just on set? And he's like, I want to be in this movie. And they're like, Okay, you could be in this movie. It created such a surreal, weird scene that mm-hmm. I liked it. I'm like, I could watch a whole movie about these sisters rather than the teens. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want more. I mean, the, the only part of that scene I really liked was when Kathy Jimmy's like, she discovers the television. And she's just like, what? <laughs> like she goes crazy like with the remote control and she thinks she can even use it in real life it's like that was kind of funny so a movie just like or a tv show with just those sisters i'd really get a kick out of um and then like what other i mean the famous scene we all know is the singing scene mm-hmm. right like the number like i put a spell on you like that wasn't even in the script that was uh i think i forget whose idea that was maybe the director's idea to have this scene they do like a musical number and that really pushes it over the top i think like of maybe like this movie would have been more forgotten if it wasn't for this very memorable musical number that is like definitely the most um like the favorite part the favorite scene for a lot of fans i would say yeah i mean i want to go to that party i think my whole life i've been waiting to go to a halloween party as roaring as that one i mean those parents never even make it home that night okay whether they're under a spell or not they're out all night long raging it up and how do you just turn a whole high school auditorium into a adult halloween rager i mean this town knows how to party take me to this town this town takes halloween very seriously and i i seriously appreciate that i mean i love halloween and the spirit everyone has is great. I mean, like, I feel like I'd be one of these kids in the school kind of giving Max a hard time when he's like, whatever, Halloween was invented by, like, corporations. I'm like, no, it wasn't, you idiot. I could see <laughs> like, you honestly yeah. booing at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you suck, Max. I would have stolen his shoes. But, um, you know, it, it was smart to have a musical number because Bette Midler, her background is in musicals. And she totally kills it. Uh, even, like, you know... Uh, Sarah Jessica Park and Kathy and Jimmy in the background too doing like the backup vocals like that was fun like I think maybe if this movie had like one more number or something like if all their spells were in musical form or something like that would be like because then the other I guess the other musical part is when um, Sarah Jessica Parker is serenading the children right so maybe if you had one more of those I think I'd be the, the critics would be a little more warming to it because then be have more of a style to it maybe I don't know. I think you touched on the other thing of what critics don't love about it. And from watching it as a child and you're just very like mystified by it and that the whole world that was created was like so fun and strange. And it was like the right edge for a kid of being a little scary, but being funny that you could watch it and and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Watching it as an adult, though, the plot really, as you mentioned, there's there's like chapters. It's never like a crescendo. I mean, it's really just a cat and mouse game throughout the whole thing. So it it definitely feels off just watching it with like fresh adult eyes. There's a few scene consistency things that drive me a little insane as an adult now. At one point, it's like 5 a.m. and the sun hasn't risen yet, but it's very bright. And like, I get they <laughs> yeah. had to with the lighting and everything. Like, I know it's hard to, to pull off filming and, and have it be dark to be 5 a.m. But it's like, it gets darker. Like, they then go outside. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's so, it's definitely a little sloppy um, mm. at best. But that's... when you're a kid, it makes it all more mystifying. Yeah, as a kid, like, you just follow along. But I totally agree. And I think that actually with... I agree with with the um, sense of time and if it's getting bright or not, the sun's almost rising or not. I think that actually is a manipulation of the movie towards the audience to try to like help with that false sense of security that the kids have. Like, oh, we defeated the witch and like it's almost daylight, right? And it's like, no, not quite. And then it gets dark again, just again to like be like, oh, actually things are not as safe as you thought. So I think that is actually maybe the you know the filmmakers trying to like like trick the audiences a bit but like ignoring logic along the way i'm kind of oh, curious like i'm like this movie i'm kind of curious if some critics would go back and review it knowing like this movie kind of stood the test of time like if you were to do right. cult figures 
Like I would define this movie as a cult movie, a cult kid movie, cult classic. Uh, yeah. Like if you were to do like uh, make a poster of cult figures, uh, those witches are have been in those. Like they're iconic to the point that I knew it, and I didn't really watch this movie growing up. Uh, like if Brett Midler this Halloween dressed up, if they reunited and dressed up as the witches, people would go nuts, and it'd be it would break the internet, as the youth say. Uh, I, th- it remind it, I, th- I'm happy Bette Midler had the time of her life. I think all three of those girls did because it, it, there's like a lesson in acting here, is own the role. Like it, it's kind of yeah. like a like you, I think of Elizabeth Banks in the Power Rangers movie, or the better case is Raul Julia who played M Bison in Street Fighter. Both of them aren't the best movies, but their performances alone kind of take it to another they're fun to watch you're not least uh bored by their style but uh yeah. their uh, bet midler's performance all three of them but bet midler especially kind of make the movie iconic right they're they're way. owning the movie like you're saying and it's like yeah if you sign on for something maybe you know maybe you're not as crazy about it like after reading the script but you signed on so yeah give it your all and maybe like in this case you can turn what could be like a very forgettable dismissed movie into like you know something with more potential in this case it became a cult classic because initially this movie did not make money right this was like a box office disappointment and i one of the reasons why i think this movie did not make money is because it was released in the month of july Oh, really? I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, it was released as like a summer blockbuster. Like, who wants to watch a Halloween movie in July? Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, why wouldn't you release this in like the beginning of October or the end of September? Because like, I guess movies usually run for like a month and a half, roughly, in the theater. Like, release this in the fall. Because everything about this movie is super fall. It's like releasing like elf in april or something like no one's in the mood at that time so of course this movie like didn't make money but um yeah over time it gained popularity i'm assuming through home video and then i guess also through cable like again like freeform plays it constantly in october so that can help bring a lot of movies back from the dead do you think it's suffer or not suffered do you think uh uh it's a wonderful life effect kind of had not comparing the movie's themselves but it's a wonderful life was mixed like it was a box office flop when it came out but when it aired on like you know every christmas it would air on nbc and it became one of the most iconic movies of you know christmas do you think just 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 replaying a movie and like i think it had great vhs sales which is a weird (laughs) sense to say in 2020 uh but it's true i think i think uh I think that's all the makings of a cult classic. I should say that. <laughs> I should add yeah. cult classic. Yeah, just a cult. Just a cult of people who subscribe to the Sanderson way of life, <laughs> sucking the souls of children to stay young. I mean, I'm in it. It's my cult. I wonder if when they released it in July, their thought was, because I don't think even the distribution calendar was that trunk, trunk uh, that shortened. That if they released it in July, that the VHS would be out by October. Maybe that was their thought oh, to maybe. have it close. But I, I still think, because movies used to stay in theaters so much longer, maybe they thought if they released it in July, if it could last, it could last all through. Oh, maybe it would get October. like a resurgence? Like well, cause it's only, initial... Yeah, it's only three months. And I mean, maybe they thought it could kind of keep going if it i don't know yeah that's a very odd choice though i'm trying to rationalize that whoever made that choice well you know uh i i feel like i'd get annoyed personally if i saw a halloween movie getting released in july i mean like horror movies can be released you know but like a very halloween themed movie being released in july because like sometimes you know you see like those halloween costumes uh shops open up in like early august it's like you know hold your horses people like stop like you know trying to what's the word like encroach on like the season prior you know what i mean yeah um so like i i wouldn't really be about it uh but you're right maybe like they thought after the initial uh you know when you first release a movie it's usually when you get the most ticket sales then like it dies down but maybe it would resurge closer like word of mouth like halloween yeah yeah maybe yeah maybe they thought word of mouth would help it i'm i'm not really sure and i'm sure like the negative critical reviews also um 
you know, uh, deterred some people from going, you know, like I, it, it, they're definitely, uh, you know, a lot of critics weren't that enthusiastic about this when it first came out, but maybe it'll get reassessed, you know, down the line. Maybe like, you know, again, like our generation seems to like it, uh, you know, they seem to be pretty favorable towards it. I think a movie like this is a, you know, watching this movie, I'm like, they don't make movies like this anymore. Like this is a Disney movie. I kept having to remind myself and you're like, Hey, you're, they're using practical effects. I think it's the first Disney movie to use digital effects. Uh, mm. But you don't get like, you would never see a virgin joke in a Disney movie. Like the ones that they're making. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, it's a product of its time, but with movies and maybe the way COVID has hit, theaters and just the entertainment industry in general it's a movie that i think just would have done well just being released on demand if it can. I, I think it's going to do between the nostalgia and people having disney plus i think it's probably going to do very well no matter what if the movie's good or bad hocus pocus too just because it's a kind of movie yeah, you, that does well over yeah. on demand streaming rather than being in a theater and I think Disney's pretty aware of what movies have that sort of cult status to it, you know, like which movies have a fan base. And in this age of streaming, you get a lot more niche content. So I think now there's more freedom to make something like a Hocus Pocus too, you know, like this, you know, you're not trying to make something that's going to like gross, like, you know, a billion dollars overseas. You're just trying to make something that could help boost your streaming numbers. So that could definitely do it. Bubble, bubble. I'm in trouble. Tell me, friend, what is this contraption? I call it a bus. A bus? A what? <laughs> and its purpose? To convey gorgeous creatures such as yourselves to your most forbidden desires. <laughs> well, Nancy, we desire children. <laughs> Hey, that may take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that'd be a problem. I'll point up. So some other some other like set pieces in this. Uh, you you have the cat Thackeray Binks, and I don't know if you guys could tell. I I was watching this, and in the opening scene, I think they're dubbing over the original actor's voice. They are with the voice actor of the cat. I'm like that definitely is not the voice of that actor coming out of his mouth. I find that to be a very strange choice. Like they thought to cast the voice of the cat and then they casted the human version and like not use his voice in the live action scenes with him. Like what? I don't know what that took me out of it a bit. I'm like, what was the idea behind this? I, I have no idea what they were thinking. I know exactly what you mean. It is, you know, just one of those things that's, separates the storyline of this movie even further it just adds a little bit of confusion but as a kid that it almost made it like a surprise of like wow but the cat's the boy like because you because it's not obvious but it is obvious i don't know it's it's just they replaced it with jason marsden which we just did a goofy movie and it's kind of, i when when the cat became a human again you could clearly it's like this is not his voice. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. In fact, like I actually, having watched a goofy movie recently for an earlier episode, I'm like, that sounds familiar. That voice. It's like basically you're taking Max's voice and adding like a weird old English sort of accent to it, but a really hokey one at that. Yeah. What do you do for three hundred years too? I kept that like. He he said every Chris every Halloween I come back and check on the house. And I can't die. They they, sh they graphically showed this cat getting hit by a truck. I don't remember. A flattened cat. And, and they <laughs> traumatizing. And they pump him full of air. Like they're showing it all. And I'm like, what is he reading books? Is he going on it? Is he in homebound? Home? Is he in homeward bound? Homeward bound? <laughs> yeah. I think he could have uh, a yeah, crossover maybe. in that. I mean, yeah, this poor cat. I I mean, just it really adds to the the drama of the story, though. This poor tortured soul of this cat. I mean, you think he would die nine times, but he can never die. It's it's very meta. That's um that that is I think a clever idea to maybe like curse someone, you know, like live it forever as like a as an animal, and they kind of drive it in like. 
you know, at the end of the opening sequence when his dad is like, get away from me, beast. <laughs> it's like, that's your son. He's just a cat. Can't you see? I love the over the topness. Sad. The over the topness. Yeah. Get away from me, a beast. It's like, it's a cat. Really, uh, really like hammers that in. Uh, and then I also had some just weird thoughts as an adult watching this. Like, do you think since he's a cat for 300 years, do you think he like eventually like mated with other cats? Like, do you think he got on with other cats or was he always just like attracted to humans since he originally was a human? I guess when this is the kind of these are the kind of deep dives we do on this podcast, you guys. Well, I'm, as a big vampire movie fan, they always kind of. You know, in, in like vampire lore, they always if they're say they're a three hundred year old vampire, it's like they always love their their human family and their human time, but they like move on and live so many other lives than that. You know, like they might have other lovers, they might have this is that, but there's always like that romanticism of their of their human life. So maybe that's what it's like for him. Of like, you know, maybe he's had whole cat families that have come and gone, and he's traveled to different continents, but he still is longing for his little sister. Right, and unfortunately, those cats they had a family with do not have souls, so he only will get to see his, the soul of his sister. All dogs go to heaven, that... but all cats have no souls. Uh, exactly. <laughs> all cats are soulless bitches. I can just imagine him the... in like Morocco going, wait a minute, what month is it? September. I got to get back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make my way back here. Um, and that was such like an over-the-top, ending at the end like you know he's he's human again and his like um you know sister soul like thackeray like you know what took you so long uh but like the music i like the music for the most part in this movie like the score <laughs> but at the end it was like swelling so much it was like as if it was the most glorious moment you'd ever seen in cinema when like this like cat soul was reunited with his human sister i'm like all right it's not that big a deal <laughs> this movie is pretty dumb i'm not like that overwhelmed by the emotion of this reunion here this music yes. really tr wanted to tell you how to feel in those moments i uh oh, yeah. there's a part in the the i know this movie's only like an hour and a half it's a, it uh it, but and i know they had to really go through all the scenes as much as they wanted to but the mood whiplash like uh, when he's taking her out on trick or treating, he like he yells at her. She runs away. Next scene, sad music. Like the clarinet is playing, and she's sitting on a bale of hay. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And I'm like, "Wow, that this all happened in the span of thirty seconds." Yeah, and then like real quick, it's like, "Oh, you're forgiven. Let's go back to our goofy adventures." There was a line a saying like, "No time to explain. Adventure. No time to explain. He's a good zombie now." And everyone's like, "Okay, okay." Or he's a talking cat. It's like there were. Oh yeah, the cat. Like okay, so first Max is like, oh my god, a talking cat, and then the next scene when everyone else is like, what? He's like, yeah, the cat talks. Like he's already used to it, and it's like no big deal. <laughs> like oh okay, wow, a talking cat. Like this movie is on the move. That's how they treat the cat getting ran over as well. I mean, yeah. there's <laughs> like there's like violins and like an orchestra, and it mourns for the cat being squashed flat by a bus driven by a horny man and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. And then it, all of a sudden, he was so like, horny. I told you I won't die. And then, yeah, I'm ready to talk about the bus driver whenever you that guys That bus are. driver was so... Does he just drive around hubba, hubba. in front of women and hitting on them? Like, he doesn't even have a bus route. He just looks for women on the road and goes, hey, lady. And his bus driver puns as he's trying to hit on them is unbelievable. And, I mean, the fact that he is turned on by, like, all three of them equally. Because, like, first, <laughs> it's Bette Miller that walks by. And then Kathy. And then Sarah Jessica Parker. And it's just... It's beautiful. I love that he doesn't discriminate. I love that he likes women of all sizes and shapes. Um, it's so crazy that he, he is just as horny, not just for Sarah Jessica Parker, but for the other two just as much. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So <laughs> for just, all three. Again, highlighting that it went from a cat getting run over to just kidding the cat's fine to sit on my lap. Do you want to know my yeah. root, honey? Like, it, the <laughs> it's just... It's it follows a child's imagination that was written by an older horny man. That's really yeah. the summary of the film. Well, well the people who produce this messages. the people who produce this movie across the spectrum of like early '90s movies, they uh, they did American Tale and Child's Play. So I guess you're getting the mix of that uh, tonally. Wow. 
It's like, oh, like we we like making movies for kids, but like in any sort of scenario, kids dying. There's <laughs> kids a whole hitting, scene. Like, heart, their heart's broken. There's a whole scene with like the actor cop, uh, or the oh, yeah. the the guy who's just dressed as a cop for Halloween, which I don't think he also has like a cop motorcycle. It's very, <laughs> but yeah. There's a it's whole a very scene. official patch. He exactly. Has well. Sorry, it looks very official. His police uniform. And I thought he was right. picking I up. Was a, just... I thought he was picking up a hooker at that time. Like, uh, yeah, but maybe that maybe that was a hooker. I don't know. Like, you don't you assume it's his wife, but you never know. But that whole scene is them just being shocked and shaming him for being a virgin. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're a virgin. <laughs> it's like yeah, he has the line because I think I. It's like you want to tattoo on my forehead. I'll... I was almost fed up too. I'm like, is it that big a deal? He's only like what, 16. It's not that uncommon for a 16-year-old to be a virgin for crying out loud. I'm, like, I'm is saying it that kudos shocking? to Disney for like Disney will never do this again. I don't think they did it before, but I don't think I can't think of another Disney product that went like this kind of risque for one of its well, products. Well, like this is you know, this is a family-friendly movie, but the more I think about it, I'm like a lot of this is going to go over the little kids' heads. Like, do little like little kids, like a five, six-year-old kid, do they really know what it means to be a virgin? Like, I don't know. Like, okay, 11, 12, by then you pretty much have, like, figured it out. But, like, if this is really for everyone, you know, like, considering how hokey and hammy it is, do you think that's it's, like, too extremes? Like, it's too much? Like, when it's for the adults, it's really for the adults. And when it's for the kids, it's really for the kids. And there's, like, no middle ground. Like, is is that, I don't know, that that's such a crazy back and forth. I'm getting, like, mixed messages here. Well, I think a good example of that is the scene we touched on before with um, the At Satan's House with Penny Marshall. That right. scene is so funny as a kid because you're like, he's not Satan. And then you're, you're in on the joke in a way. But just rewatching it re-watching it recently there's jokes i'm still just catching in it they say so penny marshall has the curlers in her hair and one of the witches goes oh she has snakes in her hair and i had never heard that part before and it made me laugh out loud so hard and like yes. just the fact he invites these women into his house on halloween and the, and penny is drinking like straight whiskey smoking cigarettes with her curlers in her hair putting up with this horny dirtbag devil husband on trick-or-treat <laughs> i mean just yeah. you, that i could watch a whole movie on just them and the honestly, marriage it honestly. played like it played You're like right. it it's played a, like a carol burnett sketch it was so yeah, like it, uh, yeah. Well, those actors are like from that era, uh, but it's yeah. You're right. Like it's another horny guy. It's another horny man. And like yeah, what is the nature of this relationship that's being glossed over here? Like yeah, like he does he always just have like random women over and she's just kind of drinking and <laughs> like hating one, her life. Is it like his one night a year that he can like try to entrap someone in their house or something? Like I don't, I feel like there's a lot of layers there and because she she's had, not she dressed a, up, mind you. No, he, so no. He's in full devil costume. You know he decorated mm. that whole yard. She's just sitting there in her recliner with her little vices. So like, what is that? What is that morning conversation like? Right, right. And she even says to him, like, when he's like, oh, we have guests. She says, like, I am sick and tired of. And then, like, she gets cut off. I'm like, wow, does this guy always just do this all the time? <laughs> he just is having these impromptu parties of, like, older women. He, that he, will, like, he really liked with. he really liked being called master. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, that really tooted his horn. Oh, God. Um, so funny. I mean some of these costumes in this movie like you know um the the mom is madonna i thought was pretty funny because that was like a pretty crazy costume um and then even the dad i kind of get a kick out of the dad you know not dad dad you <laughs> like that is the kind of corny dad jokes that i always will appreciate and we'll pass on to my children to their annoyance and if you take a good got... look at that dance they go to there's a ton of other top tier costumes like i think someone's dressed as like an alligator like no one there has a subtle i bought this at party city it's all yeah like handmade co unique costumes like what was the one costume like the zombie guy is like shaking this woman in like this gold costume and i'm like what even is that it's just like is she like a human chandelier or something like what's going on oh and then speaking of the zombie so this guy this is the famous guy right is the zombie who like always does like, he was in the shape of water he was the shape of water dude. Oh, 
Oh. Right, right. This guy is like famous for, um, is it like Pete something or Doug something? It's um, Doug Jones. I want, yeah, Doug Jones. That's it. Because he is like famous for these like kind of parts. You know, he's like a chameleon. Or maybe he's just the only guy willing to sit in a chair for six hours. For I, I think I he know. is. I think he, he must like he's also he he was like he, he has a he's the alien on the new Star Trek. He must be the only actor who's patient enough to sit in a chair for like eight hours. Yeah. Right. Like his days have to be like these like crazy schedules um, to get in and out of that. But I thought it was funny, too, because he's playing a zombie of a guy who died 300 years ago. But his body looks like it's only been decomposing for like maybe like a year <laughs> like he does not he should be like like some bones and mostly dust after 300 years uh he even has like teeth you even see like at one point like after he cuts his like mouth open at one point he's smiling and has just like a perfect set of teeth what was his relation to like they dated he was the lover of winnie the head witch but he cheated on her with sarah the seductive witch. I can imagine maybe like a scenario where like Sarah, who's easily the horniest sister, um, seduces him. Like he's like, Oh, is Winnie home? And Sarah's like, no, but you know, we could like wait for her. And then like, you know, Winnie catches them and that of like anger kills him or something. And I, I can easily see that scenario happening. And what made him turn? Well, I think he was like reluctant to do their bidding in the first place, right? Like he, like it's kind of funny. Like when he, when he first wakes up and he looks at his tombstone, he's like, oh, "Damn it, I'm dead." <laughs> like he's like, "Oh, that's like, why he did that." I was just like, "Oh, that's weird," but it's. That's what I'm assuming. He looks at his tombstone. He's like, "Ugh," like you know. I guess you know. He's like, "Damn it." Um, but the whole time when he's ordering him around, he's kind of like, fine, I'll look for him for you, I guess. Ugh. And then he just gets fed up. So I bought it, you know. All right. Yeah. That, sure. Why not? Yeah, that, exactly. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if he really helps, though. Like, he doesn't really, really do anything. It's another piece of the movie that, like, it, you honestly could remove him from the whole plot and it wouldn't really make a difference. It's like he just has little road bumps along the way. Like, I don't know if he really adds that much. Now, I know some people that love the movie, like, love him and, like, I love, they love Billy. Like, I don't know if you guys had seen last year, it was, like, the 25th anniversary, so they did a really big thing on... Um, wow on free form to like celebrate the show. So they, you know, they brought all, mm -hmm. a lot of the actors back and stuff and people really loved him. I don't know what it was. I think he, he was kind of scary to me as like a little girl. So I never got that yeah. invested in his storyline. And then when I rewatch it as a, an adult, I, I miss his, I, he's a blip in the radar to me. I don't know. Because as we mentioned, the yeah. witches are just so outstanding that a character like that just gets overshadowed, but so cool to think that he's in all those award-winning movies yeah yeah he's like um and I, this has to be like early on in his career too or i mean because like a lot of the movies i know him from are after this uh but yeah because like what even is this character basically he grunts because his mouth is so shut for most of the movie and like once in a while he's in pain so his whole character is just him going like mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like that's that's the whole character basically or he just is like taken off yeah yeah he's just supposed to be like the butt of the joke like you know his like um the bus runs over his hand and like his fingers come off or something you know it's just it's just supposed to be like i guess an extra element of humor and you know it's hit and miss it's kind of shocking doing once again doing research for this movie that this movie kind of came out the way it did because it was written in 1984 and disney kind of it was a horror movie it was a scary like you know it was a teen scary movie mm -hmm. And with Disney kind of shelved it. And then when they decided to do it in like the like the early 90s, it just kept getting funnier. And, and I think when Bette Midler finally signed on to it, it just kept the rewrites just kept getting funnier and funnier. I think that was the right move. I think it would have been a completely forgettable movie otherwise. Uh, right. Because like in yeah. the 80s, like, you know, I can imagine like it's kind of like um you know, like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies got funnier as they went along, right? So maybe they were kind of going for something like that, um, you know, this kind of mix of like horror and humor. Um, but like, you know, I can't even really imagine taking a witch horror movie seriously that's going to be funny. You only have to, like, there was The Witch that came out like in 2015, and that's scary because it's like a deadpan, super serious, scary movie. 
Because otherwise, if you're going to add elements of humor, it's like there's no way you can take it seriously. It's all, it has to be one or the other, like super silly witches or super scary witches, and you can't really mix the if, two together. I there actually think. is a movie I wanted. I, I could, it's probably perfect around Halloween time, uh, season. I had I actually never seen it. It's called Witches. It's written by Roald Dahl, starring and it it's a like they turned one of his books into a movie with Ra- uh, Angelica Houston. And apparently, oh, I think I'm aware that is of pretty this, good. That is okay, pretty good. This is like an '80s movie, maybe. I like think it's it was, a late uh, '80s, uh, late '80s. Uh, but uh, they're remaking it with Anne Hathaway. Uh, oh sure, why not? Well, okay. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, like, why not? They remake so many other things that are like you know, if it has like the smallest cult following, then they'll like redo it. 1990 nowadays is when it came okay. out. Okay, so there was that. Um, and then the other thing I'm aware of that's like maybe like a kid witch movie is this movie called The Worst Witch. It's like a UK movie. And the only thing I know from that is this like insane Tim Curry musical number that like my like some of us discovered in college called like uh, it's like um it's like this Halloween song about with Tim Curry just singing with like crazy green screen effects behind him. And it's like the song is just like anything could happen on Halloween. Your dog could turn into a cat. <laughs> it's like like a really cheesy song. So just look that up. Like anything can happen on Halloween with uh, Tim Curry. It's it's like it's super hilarious. It's oh, um, magical. See, yeah, I love yeah. P. I we me and Brighton joke all the time that we love PG Halloween. I am not a scary movie person. I cannot sleep at night if I watch scary movies. I appreciate the suspense, but I still deeply love Halloween and the fall. So, mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus, Adam's Family, Nightmare oh, Before you're Christmas. Right. That's great. There, there is yeah. a good amount. I mean, there's nowhere near as many uh, family-friendly Halloween movies as say Christmas movies. I mean, they definitely have the market on family-friendly holiday movies. But it's funny to think, like, why those two seasons are the ones that even, like, have movies. Like, there's there's no Easter movie. There's no, like, St. Patrick's Day movie, except, like, the Leprechaun. Like, it's just funny to think that those <laughs> two holidays have movies. And maybe it's the weather, it's getting cooler, you want to, like, be around your family and watch a movie. Yeah. But Halloween Town, I noticed, is on Disney+. Plus, So I That's feel right. like... Halloween Town is from the school of thought of Hocus Pocus for sure, but then like taken to a cable, made for cable, less horny version, which is oh yeah, which is great. So, but funny to think they're both yep. probably PG, um, but still, I think Disney learned. So I feel like Disney's probably gonna pump out a few more. I mean, Coco is another one too that kind of got added. That's I don't know true. if you would really call it Halloween, but I mean, it's it's Day of the Dead, right? So that. Well, it's, you know, the skeletons. I mean, it's still like some um, Halloween iconography, right? Um, so it's it could be like associated, you know, with it, even though it's like technically uh, the Day of the Dead is a separate holiday. But it's like, isn't the Day of the Dead right after Halloween? Or yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like around Halloween. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. So you can add like, you can put a few more on the list. Um, I'm trying to think what else you could do for like family friendly Halloween movies. I mean, like. I feel like there's some horror movies that like aren't that extreme, right? Like Poltergeist is typically seen as like a family friendly, scary movie. It's like genuinely scary, but like it's not really that inappropriate for kids to watch. Like they're more like classic, like campfire scares, but just done really effectively. Um, did you like uh, kind of tiptoes? A uh, Beetlejuice? Uh, did I know I'm oh, heading into any TV? Tim, any Tim Burton? Any Tim Burton movie, I yeah. guess, you know. But, like, Goosebumps, really Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, uh... Those are too scary for me. Really? Really? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, like, I, we're, really? I'm, try, I'm trying to find where the uh, where the line is. There. That's Be- where okay. my line is. Well, you know what's so funny? I feel like it all depends, too, on, like, how much you watch as a kid. Because I feel like I definitely watched some legit scary movies as a kid. Maybe because, like... You know, it's like a dad thing maybe to let their kids watch some scary movies with them or something. So, like, I remember I, I saw The Shining fairly young. And so, like, I can watch that now. And uh, But for some reason, like, it didn't scare me as much then as it does now. I don't know. Like, maybe I wasn't, like, old enough to really understand what was going on Interesting. there. Interesting. Um, so you almost yeah. had, like, a reverse effect. Like, as a kid, you were like, whatever. I don't, it, was, it was going over your head 
in that you were so innocent. So it was kind of going over your head, like what was happening. And then now that you're an adult and you watch it and you like put yourself in those shoes, you're like, no, this is actually a nightmare. That is so interesting. Yeah. I think because like now that I'm older, I'm more empathetic and I tend to like really um, care about, you know, if I can't, I get invested more. (laughs) He did it. He's more empathetic folks. I'm a human, but like, you know, as a kid, it's like, you, know, you maybe like will watch people getting killed or whatever in a, in a movie. And it's like, you're, det- you're detached from it. It's like, Oh, sick. I you met- know, like people getting hacked up. And then as now that I'm older, like a movie like the shining, which is like way more serious about it's like characters, you know, it's like, Oh my God, there's like abuse in this movie. And like, you know, re- like serious themes here that I am like now realizing are like truly horrible. So I imagine you, you were know, pretty bored by why. it like you're yeah yeah i just i was only a few scenes that i was really like you know the extreme scenes you know like room 237 or like you know when like the one guy gets the axe basically were like the scenes i was like really into that's how i so yeah i don't know that's reverse effect for me that uh those two movies well uh it the miniseries had that effect but i never reversed on it um but carrie carrie's a weird like Carrie is oh, this basically like a yeah. high school drama until like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Carrie is like a strange movie to pinpoint. It is like, yeah, you're right. Everyone knows it for like the last scene with like the pig's blood and like, you know, when she kills everyone goes crazy, but that's only like the last like 10, 15 minutes. Everything up to that point for the most part is like a coming of age high school movie with bits of horror in it. Like when she's doing some of her, like psychic stuff also a very like, horny movie like, like the movie opens yeah, up yeah, on well, like that... the girl's locker room and i'm like 10 i'm like oh what horror it was the 70s everything <laughs> was horny back then yeah it really only like the 70s was like 70s 80s was like peak and then the 90s they were like all right guys let's get a handle on this and then <laughs> let's tone it down <laughs> yeah. a bit people. and then porn now, came think... during the internet era no, yeah you could <laughs> separate it out separated out a little better it's more subtle it's access. more subtle the 70s and 80s was like the last common ancestor of <laughs> like normal movies and porn movies. Yes. And then they split, they branched off into different like um, different species. And that's why we don't so see like... your cousins, the pornos anymore. It's from the family tree. <laughs> <Right. laughs> this is perfect for that little toe-headed brat. We have a child. Here. And look, Winnie, more children are arriving. Come on in. <laughs> Winnie. Winnie, we'll make more potion because, Winnie, we have the money! We have the time! Besides, I want to get that little rat-faced kid that called me! Oh, oh don't say it, dirty face. Ugly? Oh, honey. Oh, I know. She really hurt my feelings! She's jealous. She doesn't even know me! I know. <laughs> so, like, you, someone mentioned, like, this movie is, like, a product of its time, right? And I totally agree. And uh, I feel like this was like, this is 93. I think this is when like v- like production quality started to get really good all of a sudden, right? Like I feel like up until like the late night, up until like the early 90s, some movies still look kind of grainy. I feel like watching this movie on still a high def TV, I think the, the picture quality still looks like really good. And this is when like, again, that picture quality was really like just like, getting really good all of a sudden it was like exponential how much better movies were going to get from then on so this is like kind of the beginning of that i feel so i think you know at least visually yeah maybe there's some hokey green screen stuff when they're like flying on the on the brooms you know but like for the most part like i don't yeah it still looks fine to me I, i don't know if i can really pinpoint any like things that don't hold up in terms of special effects i'm still deciding whether the cat talking was I'm like, you know, for its time, 93, I'm like, this ain't bad. But it's visually, I have no idea if it's good or not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's impressive. It's impressive, but it's definitely jarring to watch like him trying to talk. The cat has the quality of a, of a uh, taxidermied cat. Like there's something about the about the cat that feels like off from like a living animal thing. And I get it. He's 300 years old. You know, they're doing whatever they can to make his mouth work. But, yeah, he's, he's like, a little off as, as himself. As well, like. another fun fact is that cat actually went on to become the cat in Sabrina the Teen... The, well, the stuffed cat the, the became Salem in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, they probably figured, like, why make another, like, talking stuffed cat when there's already one just <laughs> lying around? <laughs> like, it's also, like, it's ABC. Like, you know, it's it's also within a Disney thing. Let's just call him up and get the cat here. Wait, what so, do you mean you know. it was stuffed? It was stuffed? It was think... a taxidermied cat? I'm, I'm assuming. In some scenes. In, like, there are scenes where I'm watching going, like, I'm surprised they didn't put like peanut butter in a cat's mouth at times or like I'm like this is weird the the cat is wavy so if someone is like stretching the mouth to make it look like he's talking and there are other times I do see like the taxidermy effect and then other times I see it's real like that you must have used had about like mm-hmm. five cats on set Yeah yeah no I yeah I wouldn't be surprised um yeah you're right maybe that does look a little um that did look a little hokey and maybe didn't that's probably the one thing that didn't age as well yeah um, but it's good for its time yeah. i'm not I, I, i'm not taking points off for it but i'm just like oh this is <laughs> this is interesting <laughs> yeah yeah trying to trying to get away with that um so um trying to think of like what other elements of this movie like there's the book right i think the book was kind of a cool prop i think some of the the art department had like a fun time with this movie with some of the props the costumes we brought up and the the like the makeup and everything was fun and yes. like this it was a kind of a cool looking book with the eye i kind of dug that was like an interesting prop it goes it was kind of a character on its own yes the book was a very interesting plot device as well it was interesting that exactly they they were like chasing the children but they were chasing the book but but then the book had powers and the book was what communicated to them where they were after they kind of lost the witches by them opening up the book was what then made them get caught again so it was interesting that the book was kind of working for the witches the whole time like it really was yeah. their like a, a mystical quality you know satan satan manual and yeah it was quite terrifying as a child like really kind of well, scary what, yeah the legend that the teacher says in the beginning of the movie was that like the devil gave winifred that book and it's like cover is made from like human skin gary <laughs> so, marshall like, gave her that book <laughs> <laughs> with the skin from his wife <laughs> um you know it's kind of a weird scene though um so there's the scene where they go to the high school which i think is kind of funny you know like oh it's a prison for children and like they do that kind of funny like wah, 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 like back and forth down the hallway that's all kind of funny but they burn those witches alive in that like whatever that room was that they lock them in and they you know i'm like yeah, they're, they're, I guess they're witches and they sold their souls to the devil, but, like, you're going to watch these three, like, humans burn to death in this, like, like giant, like, like oven thing. And like, that's boy, do they up. watch it. I mean, they put their, like, faces up to the glass as they, like, ignite the inferno inside of there, like, to watch that they die. And something about that is, like, just one of those things that, like, leave it to a, a kid movie to be like, and they burned the witches. Watch them burn. They left joyously. Like, I feel like if that was a, a more accurate movie, it'd be like, oh, my, they'd be so upset. I mean, they're psychopaths that they Not were so this okay movie. with just burning the witches. Yeah, they then go celebrate, and Max is trying to lose his V-card after burning three... <laughs> Which is alive. I mean, and then they still get to going. The rationale for them still never telling the police, or like, were they going to tell anyone at school that, like, hey, by the way, you might find three witch carcasses in the kiln? Like, they had no concern. <laughs> they were okay but with, like, they're okay with the talking cat. They're okay with the zombie turning good. They're not phased at all. They're okay with the cat being hit by a truck and then reflating like a balloon. The mood, yeah, the mood very, whiplash very... on this group is very, they would, this would not phase them. They're, they're... They're very well adjusted. And then again, just going back to like <laughs> this just going back them. to like the the bad like the really like like poor writing that is consistent throughout this movie. Like for some reason that green smoke goes just gets sucked back in and then they're still alive. Like that never gets explained. Um, oh, that's just not and, that's bad editing, or that's just like oh shit, what do we do? How do we that, make them alive? That did look bad. Reverse, reverse shot. It's just like okay, like why? Like how did that saves your that money? Happen? And then saves also, your money, probably. Oh, and then when when they like run into the when the witches run to the bullies and the bullies piss them off, like you know we're not chicks, and then it just cuts <laughs> to the boys in the cages. I'm like, how did they get them in the cages? <laughs> like, why wouldn't they just eat their souls? Like they were still yeah. like. 
I mean, I guess because like they wanted the younger children, but still, you see when they do their their witch serenade, it's kids of all ages. I mean, they very well could have sucked the souls of those rotten. It's because er Ernie had a heart made of ice. (laughs) Jay and ice. Don't call me. Don't call me Ernie. Call me Ice. I guess that was like the comeuppance for those two characters. Like a movie like this is not just going to have two jerky characters without making them pay for it. But I just was like, how it just cut to them in the cages. Like, how did they get them in those cages? Like they had to get them all the way over there. How did they get out? Uh, That was like, did they ever get out? Maybe they don't. It ends with them still in there. (laughs) I think there is like an extra scene from the last time we watched it, like the movie credits keep rolling, and I think they're still in there. Yeah, that was a, po- a post-credit like, scene. Row, row, yeah, row boat. yeah, that's a little dark. <laughs> that made me laugh. They dark. were like in tune with it. Uh, there's like the little things in this movie, whether it, they were trying to or not, made me laugh. Like uh, as I said, like the the ninety cliches this movie throws at you, w- I could see critics ha- be rolling their eyes at it, but. Tw- uh, you know, 18 years into the future, I kind of look at it as like, you know, it's hard. It's hard to hate it. I don't know if you're watching this movie, you're going to expect it. So it, it made me laugh. It has a good spirit to it, right? Like as clunky as it could be as like nonsensical as it could be. Um, you know, there it's, yeah, there's something infectious about it. You know, this, it, this, I think at the end of the day, like the energy, the energy that the actors bring to it, is what ultimately saves it and uh you know keeps people uh coming back so many years later yeah. the kids i'm serving you from my cauldron winnie for you master i paid me what about the book we'll get to the book later mary go long <laughs> ah, you could be a tight end so uh i think what we could do at this point now is give our own personal scores for Hocus Pocus, what percentage you would give this out of 100? So, um, Heather, as our guest, start us off. What uh, what percentage approval rating would you give Hocus Pocus? I would give it a sweet 90%. Giving 90. it a 90 because eh. it really is, it's fun, it's rompy takes you very it's in a very well built reality like as we all just talked about how it doesn't really make all that much sense but just that it's in this world of 90s salem which is coming back like i think it does a good job of staying on brand throughout the musical numbers um it's fun for all ages does it make a lot of sense no but are you really watching a family-friendly movie to have it make sense like anything that it lacks I feel like is not why you're watching it. Like we're not, you know, like you're not really watching it for it to be something that's inspiring or well-written, but you are watching it to be something that's just stupid and nostalgic and goofy. So, so for me, it checks off all the boxes of, of what it's trying to do and what it's meant for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people um, on Rotten Tomatoes would agree with that. Like yeah, going, I think it's the kind of movie where you you get what you're paying for, basically. You know, assuming that you know the the trailers were accurate for what this movie was going to be. I guess you know you go into it and uh, yeah, you kind of you kind of get what you expect and you laugh. You know, I think it's it's people will come out of it like with a smile on their faces most of the time. Uh, what about you, Keith? What's your score? I before I watched this movie, I thought I was going to be the outlier. I thought. I was going to not like it just because of for whatever reason. I, I just didn't think this would be up my alley. And it it's not like up my alley. But as I said, the this movie's held to get this movie's infectious, as you said, JJ. It's the uh Bette Midler, Kathy Najimi, and Sarah Jessica Parker really kind of elevate this piece on a whole new level. And the stuff that you could criticize it for. I actually enjoyed like, you know, all the, it, it kind of, you can have a fun mystery science theatering it, but this movie stands the test of time. It's up there with iconic, er, iconic early nineties characters like Beetlejuice and the mask. And it has that, it has that film company. It has that filmmaking feel like, like, you know, practical effects, actual sets, I don't know. It's like 
you don't get movies like this anymore. I, I can't, it's not going to be as high as you, Heather, because I didn't have the nostalgia for it uh, growing up. But I'm going to give it a 65. Like, I, it is a tomato in my book. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a tomato, a fresh score for me as well. Um, I think I'm landing closer to, like, a 70. I think um, that to me, like, 60 is, like, the fresh. But I think then 70 is, like, enough space to be, like, you know, you did enough right. You know, you're not just barely passing. You're It's, it's like, you know, getting closer to, like, solid, you know. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Everything that it kind of set out to do, it does for the most part. Um, and... You know, I just just the power of it that you know any movie that is popular for you know it's gonna come up on thirty years soon. Like it's oh been around God. for so long, and it's it's still like you know people keep coming back to it. You know that's um, yeah that doesn't happen for no reason. You know that's you know there there is some magic there in this movie. It does cast a spell. You know uh, <laughs> keeping within the theme of the movie. <laughs> Um, so, you know, props to that. So that's an accomplishment that, you know, can't be taken away. So, um, I guess, uh, it's, it's a positive score overall, but what's our final score there, Keith? Uh, 75. Very appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that will mean that we are officially siding with the audience. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was fun. And you know what? Like, yeah, you know, we obviously record these way ahead of time, but come closer to Halloween when, like I said, Freeform is going to start playing this on loop. Uh, definitely, we'll have it on. Yeah, you know, maybe just in the background, and then I'll pay close attention to my favorite scenes. So, um, yeah, I'll look forward to that. That is so, what it's uh, built for. It's the yeah. best. It's best watched with commercials. As terrible as that sounds, it's best watched subtly in the background, just with like a pumpkin beer while you're doing other things in your house. But it's October. Yeah, it gets you in the spirit yeah. of Halloween. I love, I don't love the store spirit of Halloween because everything's a ripoff there, but the literal spirit of Halloween, I am like a big fan <laughs> of. And, uh, you know, whether or not we have, whether or not we have Halloween this year, like trick or treating, I don't know if that's going to be a thing for kids this year, unfortunately. Social trick or treating, social um, distance trick or treating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll try to, hopefully they have something like that, but we'll still have our, our Halloween movies, maybe like a virtual, like, you know, costume party and some pumpkin beer to toast to. So looking forward to that. So thank you, Heather, for again for coming on today. Yes, thank you pod. so much. Hope you had hope My you had fun. Pleasure. This was a blast. And it just started to get that crisp in the air. So I've just been accepting that Halloween is coming close. Um Ooh. and and I'm excited. So this got me even more in the mood. But thank you so much I for was- having me. Oh yeah, it's it. Um, it was great to have you. We'll definitely bring you back. Um, hey, you're right. That first like um, feel of fall, you know, like you know, it's in the air, right? You can like just like oh, feel yeah. it and you breathe it in, and like that's such like an exciting feeling for me. I'm like yes, yes, it's coming. Like all the fun holidays are coming, starting with the best one. Um, so uh, thanks everyone for listening to our Hocus Pocus uh, episode, and join us again next time for another divided film. Thanks a lot. Bye.